Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is the Ebor meeting, the best week of the year. And all the people say, well, that's good. But the Ebor meeting, you have the racing and you have none of the bollocks that come alongside Royal Ascot. Jim loves the bollocks, and here he is. Hello, what, what an introduction that is. Um, I do love York. York is... I've not been to as many race courses as I would probably like, but York is probably my favourite race course around the world. Uh, I've not travelled to anywhere yet, but without a doubt, they set the standard, and, and the rate standard of racing this week, uh, although we won't be there, is very, very high, and really looking forward to it. There's some big names. The big race never disappoints with its field. There's some lovely two-year-old races and then tricky nurseries and handicaps to find as well. So we're looking forward to it. There's no hiding place at York, is there? Oh, no. You're, you either love it or you hate it. It's, it's, it's one of the great things about it. Like it's, it. It's such a fair galloping track that you can't get away with things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can't get away with things, and that's what makes it such a brilliant a brilliant course in general. I mean, it's it's massive when I say the crowd's there on a, on a good Saturday, I'm sure. I'm sure most people will have been listening to this if they're based up north to York once or twice. Uh, but yeah, I'm buzzing for it. I'm buzzing for it. We're going to get stuck into the group races across the first three days, and then we'll record a, a, a special weekend preview later in the week. So we are going to start with the first of the group races at York Seabond meeting, and it is the Acom Stakes for two-year-olds group three over the seven furlongs. And at this stage, you bet best prices two to one for Cloudbridge, Godolphin Horse, William Buick, Jocked Up, seven to two, Darville, nine to two, Royal Scimitar, six as Gear Up, twelves, Prince of Shadows and Titan Rock. And you can get 25s, Broxy, and 28 to one, uh, Spycatcher. Jimmy's a short price favourite is Cloudbridge, uh, the hard spun colt, but he was a really, really impressive winner on his debut at Leicester, despite not particularly looking like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, you have to be impressed with his win. He, he stretched well clear, winning by three and a quarter lengths, and uh, the farming behind had some positives as well, too, with River Al- Alwyn winning the other week, uh, beating a nice horse of legend of Dubai at Haydock. So that form seems fairly strong enough. You have to be really, really impressed with him. Um, however, I, I'm, two to one for me is not exactly a thing. You want know, another pointless fact as well? Godolphin have never won the Acom. Did you know that? They bought they bought horses that have won the Acom afterwards uh, in Dutch Connection. However, they've never won the Acom previously. I love that, Jim. That's um, properly done his research. Um, I, I I quite like the Acom as a race. I know. I know We've been quite fortunate in recent years to have Phoenix of Spain come out of it and, and kick on, but I've always felt it maybe it should be... I say this every year about York races, that I think they should get upgraded a bit more, and I think maybe you should push it to a Group 2. I know this year, on paper, it doesn't look as strong as previous renewals, but that's subject to the calendar. And uh, the horse that I like probably the most in this is Royal Schmitter. I think that's how you pronounce it. Scimitar of Clyde Cox's. Um, I was really impressed with his debut performance at Newbury in what looks like a, f- a fairly decent enough race. The second has come out and won since. Uh, the fourth has won at Goodwood pre- uh, subsequently, and, and he looks a nice horse for Marcus Tregonin. 
The fifth has come out and won at Chepstow. The form's piling up in behind. Uh, and I think that he could continue Clive Cox's uh, good performance of two-year-olds this season. Having, he's had an absolute whopper start. Uh, he was ridden along fairly early on, but he did find plenty plenty under pressure, uh, which was nice to see. And he, he's bred to appreciate the step up to seven furlongs. Uh, and seeing him running over six last time um, and him being ridden along so early on makes me think that the step up in trip will do him perfectly fine. And I certainly think nine to two is a fair enough price about him. Uh, there was hints of five to one. Is, is there still five to one around? I can't. Can't quite. I don't have the full feel uh, betting up for it. Um, ninety-two best price for El Simitar. Ninety-two. I, I think he's a scummy each way, and you know me by now. Ninety-two. It's a fair enough each way price if if you if you go that way. But I do think he's got a very good chance uh, having with stepping up to the seven and with the the forming behind. I think at the price he's a prefer Rosh Simitar. However you say it. Um, he is also entered in the Solario, which I wouldn't be surprised if they went for that option. However, he's declared in this. We've seen Clive Cox tends to like sending uh, his good two-year-olds to Sandown, as we saw last season with uh, Positive. Um, you've, you've got to appreciate Kevin Ryan's run of Darvel in this as well. He beat the the impressive Tusa Rock, who was really good on debut uh, previously. And he won the race... A couple of years ago, Kevin Ryan with Syfax, who won on debut, uh, and they'd only had one run, so I, maybe they might think they've got a similar horse to him on his hands. He didn't quite kick on to, to the expectations that they were probably hoping. Uh, however, he's had two two runs, and I, w- I was really impressed with his performance at, at uh, Air last time. I didn't exactly think the step up to seven will, would certainly be more up his street, but it's interesting going out and breeding. There's plenty of speed in his pedigree. Uh, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure about him, but I, I do think he's got a really, really good chance. And one at a price that I thought won impressively on debut was Praise of Shadows at Chester. And I know sometimes Chester can throw up these unexpected victories. Uh, however, this horse was slightly hampered leaving the stalls, and, but still got to fairly near the front. Uh, and kicked on, kicked on late on in, in what I thought was quite a nice race. The State Patrol had run well previously behind, behind a horse in this called Gear Up, uh, and obviously Chester wasn't to his liking, and uh, he beat the classic Kingscote and Dascom duo at Chester. So he's a horse that I like, at, uh, also a bigger price, but uh, Royal Shimitar uh, at nine to two in the Aiken for me. Very, very well analysed there, Paul. I I can't argue with your with your case for Royal Simitar. Did it really well. The form from that maiden, uh, sorry, it was a novice stakes rather than a maiden. Again, looking pretty tidy, like you said, line of departure. The runner up there has won two nurseries since Alcumate, who was in, who finished fourth there on his debut since pissed up uh, at Glorious Goodwood in a traditionally decent maiden. So the form has been boosted. Uh, Cloudbridge is a short price, but if you had to ask me to pick one without, you know, without having the prices in front of me, he was probably the most impressive of these on his debut, and there is obvious scope for improvement because he just didn't quite get everything right 
at Leicester beating a, the, his other, the Godolphin's other representative soft whisper, uh, the Binsa Rojas. Uh, Darville, yeah, completely see the case there as well. It's it's a pretty competitive race. Darville's a son of Anthem Alexander. Yeah. Who you remember Wonder. beat your beloved Tiggy Wiggy at Royal Ascot. Correct, it was in the Queen Mary. In the Queen Mary as two-year-olds, yeah. And gear up, uh, again, course and distance winner on, on his debut. And that would be quite a nice quite a nice theme if gear up won this. Because the 1980 winner of this race was called Cocaine. <laughs> so if we can have gear up winning it uh, uh, 40 years later, then maybe the winner in 2060 will be called something, you know, like Tackle Hoover. Uh, <laughs> and, and, we, and we can keep the 40-year sniff theme going. Uh, it's Cloudbridge for we me. We do not condone drugs on turf talk. Just, just to wrap that up. We are not Mahmoud Al Zaruni. Whoa, right. <laughs> we are not him. He was a bad man. Uh, Cloudbridge for me. Uh, roll Simitar for me. On to the Great Voltage Estates, Jim, at 2.45. And, well, it's the clash of the big guns. The billion-dollar purchase mogul against the multi-billion-dollar purchase terrain. Roberto Escobar. Oh, they're making it too easy for me, aren't they? <laughs> they too easy. 7-1, 8-1 Highland Chief, Pile Drivers and Subjectivist of 12s, 14s, Bart Chirocco. And 16s, Juan Elcano. Uh, big Fat Mogul, 2-1, Fav Jim. Repeat, repeat winner of the Gordon Stakes should be enough. Yeah, and I think 2-1's a fair enough price about him. Um, you have to respect Big Fat Mogul's performance last time out. Um, he beat, well, he beat them all, and, and his stamina really kicked in late on. Um, it's interesting that they're going here. He hasn't got an entry. I don't know if the entries are out for the St. Ledger, but he hasn't got one yet. Um, however, I, I can imagine that he may be, uh, that may be his target. However, Coolmore seems to have a fairly strong hold on, on that ledger market at the minute. Uh, however, he is the best horse in this race. Not on ratings, he's not. Uh, however, he is the best horse in this race. And he, uh, two to one's a great price. And I'd even go as far as that. I, I think he's, the biggest certainty of the first day. Really? Yeah. Oh mate, that's a that's a very very bold bold call. Uh, look, I, I, I guess I guess the Gordon Stakes is is the key piece of form. It's a more relevant piece of form than the Derby because you can throw the Derby in the bin. Yeah. In terms of how in terms of how much you can ga- uh, gauge how good the the horses that ran in it were. Uh, I do think two to one short though. I, do, I think it's a cracking price. Should should he not? Is Highland Chief a, a decent price and eight to one? Because he was the one I my I I was drawn to. I don't think there was loads between them. It was three quarters of a length. And whilst you could say yeah, Mogul on paper is a sort of horse you'd expect to uh, to take another step forward. I'd rather back Highland Chief each way at eight to one than Mogul. At two to one. Well, I, I was about to say that I think at, probably at the prices, I'd, I'd more than likely go for subjectivists. I, I, 
I was quite impressed with how he kept up out, out in front last time at Goodwood. Um, everyone thought he was going to fold up like a deck chair. However, he continued to keep galloping out in front. Um, I, I thought Highland Chief probably should have won. Uh, he travelled better into the race. Uh, he looked more of the winner than Mogul until the last 200 yards. Uh, he, I, he almost, I think he hit the front. Uh, but subjectivists rallied. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And, and I'm, I'm willing to be proved fairly wrong here. And he has won, and he hasn't won over a mile and four. But I think a mile and two might be might be his trip rather than a mile and four. I think a mile and four might just stretch him far too much. Um, being out of the Glen Eagles, and I, I know maybe he he was a miler, wasn't he? And uh, I, I'm not sure about the the stamina on, over a mile and four. Fair enough, there, mate. Uh... What do you make of Roberto Escobar and Durain, both of these coming into the back of novice wins? Obviously, Durain, three and a half million pounds, uh, son of Dar Amy, beautifully bred. Very, very impressive on debut at Newbury. A little bit more workmanlike last time out at Newmarket, but he's two out of two. Yeah, um, people may know that I am a massive fan of Dar Amy and the watership down studs. Uh, and maybe because they've sold Durain, maybe I don't like him as much because he's in raw colours <laughs> um, I, I quite like the pink uh, of Mrs Lloyd Webber's colours um, however you can't deny what he's done on his uh, only two starts, he's took plenty of time to get going but when he has uh, he's been impressive uh, last time out was workmanlike uh, as you've already mentioned but there's a noonday gun who ran today, I know at a catch-week rating 72 now but won a maiden He's he's back that form up. I, I think that performance last time was better than the first time. Um, he was he seemed to be more professional. I thought last time, and, uh, although he was still slightly keen, um, he seemed to know what he was doing slightly more. Uh, he does look more like he's uh, the uh, Lati Dars of of that family and the Somi Dars that stay. So well, rather than the two darn hots that didn't stay as well as as people would have hoped. Uh, however, I do think this is quite a big step up. Um, I would have maybe have liked to seen him try his, try his foot in a or his hoof, sorry, in a listed race uh, first, or maybe a found somewhere. But this is a season like no other. Uh, and Roberto Escobar. I think that he's, he is also entered on the Friday in a handicap. I think he'd be a lot more interested in that off eight stone. If he gets in, he, he might not. Uh, at the minute, I don't think he will. He's number 29. However, I do think you could probably nab a few handicaps off him off that rating first before chucking him in the, at the deep end. But you can't deny that his uh, performance last time in that race was very, very good. Uh, he beat Matthew Flinders, who'd uh, previously had, had won a nice race at Doncaster and been th- third behind a nice horse of uh, Rafe Beckett's uh, and the farm Brentford Hope was back in behind him fifth who was once touted as a horse for the Derby for, for Richard Hughes uh, so the form of that race looks okay um, I think he's I think he's marked fair enough and I think maybe a handicap would have been more interesting but uh, this is William Haggis's stomping ground and it, you wouldn't be surprised if he was anywhere near, but at seven to one, I'd probably want double that to be to be going anywhere near him. Yeah, that's a very very fair way of putting that, mate. 
Anything further down the prices you like? Obviously, Pile Driver won the King Edward at Royal Ascot. Subjectivist third in the Gordon, a length and a half behind Mogul. He's also won the Glasgow Stakes this season. And to be fair, Bart Chirocco and Juan Elcano are both well worth their place in this field. Juan probably hasn't quite uh, kicked on as much as we'd like after a really, really good return in the Guineas. Bart Chirocco is as solid as they come as, in terms of three-year-olds. Probably has a little bit of work on, though. I can make a little each-way case for him at 14, though, mate. Yeah, for sure. You can't rule out the, the bottom four in the Betty. Uh, out of them, as I mentioned earlier on, I really quite like Subjectivist to run well at a price. Um, he's not the flashiest of profile like a typical Johnston horse. However, you know that he'll probably set the fractions up in front. Um, it, there's not a lot that I think will go forward other than Juan Elcano. And I can see him being more ridden, restrained, having stepping up two more furlongs. Um, so I don't think he'll be as positively ridden. Uh, Berkshire Rocco, we've seen him run well behind Santiago in the Queen's Vars over a mile and six. I can see him going possibly forward. Um, but if subjectivist, it, it's harder to, to steal a lead at York because that long five furlong, six furlong straight. Um, so I, I do think he might struggle a bit, but I do think 12 to 1's a slight overprice of him in comparison to Highland Chief. I'd rather have him over Highland Chief. Subjectivist, Ebor, 2021. Yeah, or aiming at the Melrose and then the winning your in system. Could happen, mate. There's daft, there's daft of things. There's daft of things. I can see Subjectivist being the sort of all sat, I say, might win an Ebor when he's or, older. Or uh, he could be the sort of Sir Ron Priestley type that ran well in the St. Ledger last year. Maybe, maybe that could be slightly underestimated. Completely, and you'd get a price about him. You'd get a price about him because he won't win this. Do you want me to have a look? Well, Subject, 16 subjectivist. That's on the short side. I'd want bigger. I'd want yeah. bigger. I'd want 33s. Someone 33s, please. Although, looking at the horses that are 33s, maybe you won't. That's conflict. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, I think I've just gone through to the next next week to try and find him. Yeah, I can't find him. <laughs> What a shame. What he a was 20s at one stage when I asked to see what price he was. Luckily, no money was placed. <laughs> uh, Highland Chief, each way for me, I do think, I think at the prices you'd be, look, uh, you, you're getting two to one about the horse who's probably won the most relevant middle distance three-year-old Colts race in this country this season, which is Mogul. You're getting three to one about a two-length Newmarket July novice winner. I think if you're backing Derain over Mogul at those prices, you're deranged. It's <laughs> 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 brilliant. I'm here all day. Good effort, Jim. That's very, very clever. Well done, lad. Uh, yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd say similar about if you're backing Roberto Escobar over Highland Chief. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I quite like the proven ones in this Highland Chief each way. And Big Fat Mogul, though, as the likeliest winner. The clash of the two. Three and a half million pound purchases. That, they were always after the voltages in. That's oh, what they did before. It, it's the race you pay the big money for. Uh, and this year, for 75 grand, it's maybe it's not as much as you, usual. But I think, I think Mogul 2 to one's a cracking price. Uh, get on now if you can. Scoop up all that value. And when I turn the rating on on Wednesday afternoon and see that Mogul is even money... I go, I move markets. 
<laughs> Belton, mate, as we move on to the 315, uh, it is the Judmont. And what a race. Every, it seems like every week now I'm saying it's the race of the season. Is this the race of the season, Jim? It is every season, in my opinion. The Judmont is the pinnacle of the season. Forget the Ark. Forget the King George. Forget the Derby. Forget the Guineas. The Judmont International pitches all divisions together over the ideal distance because a miler can run in it and a mile and four horse can run in it and the best wins. And it, it, it's the best race in, in England, Ireland and Europe. Well, I can't really follow on from that, but I can read some price now. <laughs> Go on, then. Gay has the best price, 11-8, to eight, uh, to make it four wins on the bounce. Also, to make it four wins on the bounce is Magical 4-1, to one, same price for Cameco, 9-2, to two, Lord North, 16-1, to one, Aspita, and 100-1 to one for Rose of Kilbert. Oh, it's such a good field, mate. I mean, the first four are as bona fide group one horses as you can get. And the two outsiders as well. But are both worth a crack. Yeah, solid group three, group two style style horses. And Coming off the back of wins. Yeah, and it's absolutely fascinating. Um, I think this race tactically is a slight minefield. Um Gayart's obviously going to go out in front. I am quite surprised that they've not sent another horse over with Magical. Are you not surprised that you don't see another Aidan O'Brien horse in this? Uh, to a degree, yeah, I think, I think maybe I am. We, we've seen in recent years him send a few few over for the Judmont. Um, Pearl gave gave her a lead in the Yorkshire Oaks last season, didn't she? Yeah. Um, normally he sends something over to try and well either disrupt the leader or set a, a certain pace so that they, they get a well-run race. And um, Gay Arth in this, the fact that they've not sent anything over makes me think that Christ Magical must be burning up the gallops and doing things that she's never done before. Um, but we'll start with, with Gay Arth, who has been very impressive winning the Coronation and the Coral Eclipse so far this season. Uh, one over a mile and four, one over a mile and two. I am of the opinion that he is better over a mile and two, and I think, I think that the, that even though if William Buick sets the fractions perfectly on on Gayarth, I still think they'll catch him, and I still think he's he's a weak favourite. I won't quite have him as short as what he is, and I won't have the rest of the field as short as they are. Um, I respect Gay Arth in every way, shape or form. You'll vouch you for this, Lewis. I've been strong on him in the Coronation and in the Coral Eclipse. But this race, I don't think, as much as I quite like him to dominate this field, I don't think he will. Go on then, mate. Then Where do you see the likeliest winner coming from? I think the likely, the more likeliest winners are Magical and Kamiko. Uh, I know you're a massive fan of the Lord North. I'll possibly touch on that slightly later on. However, you look at Magical's profile and she's got grade ones coming out of her arse. She's she's got arguably the best form in the race. Uh, Finishing so close to Enable so many times. uh, Running her so close. And she's come back this season having reportedly sent away to Stud and, and, and making a miraculous come back uh, 
to to win uh, at the Pretty Polly and win the Tassasaurs Gold Cup. We see him, uh, Aidan O'Brien, give this give this campaign to these sorts of horses. He's given it to Magical here. She's going to flourish in her autumn campaign. And I, I think four to one is a very, very generous price about a horse that's won so many grade ones and, and, and is a superstar. And nine stone getting three pounds off Gayaf, even though, in my opinion, Magical is a better horse than Gayaf. Um, Kamiko in this is fascinating. We've seen him win the Guineas this season, and, and I was really impressed with that performance. He then went and stepped up to go and try and do the double of winning the Derby. It was quite clear he didn't stay there. Uh, my first thought after that was Judmont International. I, I didn't even put into the equation the Sussex Stakes, which he went and contested. As you said, race of the, race of the season, in your opinion, at the time, Lewis. Um, and put up what I can say was a really, really good performance. He just never got a gap. gap, And he was always the hard luck story at Goodwood. There's always one. And he was quite clearly the one here. Uh, never got a run. He, he, was broke, he broke almost too well for his own good. Um, he sort of then just got swamped when trying to slow the pace down. Well, not swamped, but sort of overtaken by, by other horses that wanted to go on. And... I do think that a mile and two will probably be bang what he wants. And I think he's got an absolutely outstanding chance. He won't get stuck in here at York. They'll spread out across the track. There's plenty of room for everyone to, to play around with. And I, I do think that his performance at Newmarket over a mile was was impressive. And I do after he won that, I thought a mile and two would be bang up his street. But a mile and four just stretches him far too much. I think he's got an absolutely outstanding chance as well. Um, Lord North maybe I'm being overly critical in that hard uh, in that Prince of Wales stick so, sorry and with with the maybe the rate maybe if Japan had run a bit better although he hasn't we haven't seen him be as good as what he has been in previous seasons um, however in the Prince of Wales he Lord North was impressive in the way he, he quickened away from the field however I do question the form that we're in behind it, and I, and I know Adair had been winning Group Ones in Australia, but we all know Winksy's off Group Ones in Australia. Let's just say, leave it there. Um, you have to respect him. There's a reason why Frankie Dittori has gone to France and not stayed to ride this horse, and I know he doesn't ride him very often. Rob Adeline does get on very well with him, and we've seen James Dorn riding him in the past. But I I can't bring myself to be back in in a a race as hot as this. He is a Group 1 horse. However, he's a lower... This might sound stupid, but he's a lower-class Group 1 horse. Oh, I wouldn't quite say that so far, mate. He, he put them to bed very, very easily in the Prince of Wales. And I know it might not have been the most vintage renewal of the Prince of Wales. That's, that's fair enough. But Lord North slaughtered them. Lord North slaughtered him. This is this is more of an acid test because there isn't anything as good as there wasn't anything as good as Gaff in the Prince of Wales, and there wasn't anything as good as Magical in the Prince of Wales. Or Kamiko. Mm, mm, on the fence. On the fence. He gets uh, splinters from sitting on the fence. I don't look. 
Cammy goes a hard horse to assess because he's had one real run this season. Yeah. A free. You can't take anything from his run in the Sussex because he didn't get a run. And you can't take anything in his run in the Derby because it was a pantomime. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. Way up the <laughs> I tell you what, there's some right puns on this this week. Uh, we, as we continue to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, this looks like it should be Kamiko's best trip from his running style. I think you're taking a little bit more for granted with him, though, than you are with Magical at the same price and Lord North at half a point bigger. He'd be my least favourite out of the four. It's impossible. Yeah, he would be. And don't get me wrong, that's not me saying Kamiko can't win, Kamiko won't win. Yeah. They all could win. You know, it's a genuinely fascinating contest because you can make sane cases for them all. Even Rose of Kildare if you really wanted to. Uh, Magical's group on wins this season have been Mickey Mouse. But they've only but she's done what she's needed to do, and we know from last season she can perform in better company than what she's been up against. I mean on on, on a form line through a day, Jim, again and I know she gets weight, but but Lord North beat a Dave, you know, by further and I know it wasn't quite on a Dave's ground and it was it wasn't the champion stakes. But has he improved as a horse over the winter? He's a decent mm. barometer. Mm. I'm not sure. Tactically, it's fascinating as well, because we know what Gaff will do. I didn't think he could pull off what he does at Sandown. Didn't think it would play to his strengths. On paper, York should suit more. A long galloping track. You know what I mean? For him really to point, point his top. And also, I think this extended mile and a quarter is that is his best trip, is his optimum trip. It's definitely better than it. Well, I won't say definitely. Uh, you know, it, it's slightly in between a mile and a half and a mile and a quarter. Well, it's, it's a mile and a quarter, isn't it? But it's an extended. I'm waffling. <laughs> what are you jabbering on about here? I'm waffling. But... I'd, I'd say Gail's best trip comes somewhere in between a mile and a quarter and a mile and a half, and that's what this is. Right, cheers for that. <laughs> uh, it, it is a fascinating race, because you chuck in Aspatar, uh, who won that Skybet York Sticks, um, which we've seen in recent years. I normally quite marked down, uh, and maybe are quite disrespectful of, of the Skybet York Sticks. Uh, however, we've seen Alarcan uh, run so well in this race previously. Uh, the, for, the form of last uh, last time isn't exactly the best thing. However, course and distance, we even go back to Thundering Blue days. Um, he ran well in the Judmont. I think he was third in the year that the Roaring Light won. Roaring Light won. Have I, have I made that? No, I don't think I've made that up. Um, the, so the form of the sky bet York normally holds up and I mean Aspatar will be held up and played late like he did in that um, it's, it's a, a fascinating race I'm expecting Rose of Kildare to go forward are you Luke? She won't take Gaff on though surely 
Surely not. I think she'll just sit second. I think Gayarth will lead. I think Magical and Rose of Kildare will sit second and third. Kamiko will sit fourth. You what, Lou? Do you think Rose of Kildare will try to go with Gayarth? Mm, no, I don't think I don't think they will. Um, I think they'll sit second and third. I think Tammy Cole's up fourth, and Lord North and Aspatar will be played late. Um, that, that's how I'm expecting the race to play out. This is a superb race that I cannot wait for, uh, and hopefully it doesn't disappoint. All horses get a fair run, and all all of them show their best performances. Can I ask you this, mate? And I know it doesn't really matter in terms of what he did, because he did it so impressively. I don't think it would actually matter. But in hindsight, is he, was the Eclipse as good as we thought it was? Mm, that's a very, very good question. Enable has uh... never been at her best over 10 furlongs. I know she has won an Eclipse. And it's ridiculous, and it's ridiculous to even suggest that an Eclipse winner isn't that good over over ten furlongs. She's beaten Magical over ten furlongs, but I just don't. I'm just not quite sure how much they have had to work for that. Yeah, he was given a breather fairly fairly after about two three furlongs, uh, and he, he he it was his race to lose, wasn't he? He dictated it. Uh, maybe that eclipse wasn't as good as maybe we thought. We've seen we've seen Knox inform Japan's run. I think I would have beat Japan in the QE, uh, in the Queen. Uh, what was it? The, the King George. Sorry, uh, Magic One was disappointed with Deirdre in the Nassau Regal Reality won a listed race at Salisbury the other week, and um, Bangkok was well. Bangkok's Bangkok, isn't he? Um, we haven't seen him since. Maybe it wasn't as good as what what we first thought. However, he's still a horse that you could. I think people are still dangerously underestimating. That's very fair, mate. So, who wins a Judmont? Um, I'm gonna go Kamiko. I'm gonna. Should we do the one, two, three, four? I'm gonna go Kamiko, Magical, Gayarth, Lord North. Gayath, Lord North. Well, in order of terms, in the way I like them, I think I, I think I'd, I think Gayath wins. And my second bet in the race over twelve would be Lord North, but I'm not sure whether they'd finish as a one-two because Lord North's a quickener, and if he's able to get within, you know, to within a position to quicken past Gayath, whether that means Gayath's going backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'd rather be with Magical than Kamiko. Uh, and again, As- Aspatar coming at the back of it of C&D Group 2 and a C&D Phillies Group 3 for Rose of Kildare. Cracking, cracking race. Uh, but I do, it's the first time I've ever been with Gayaf. But I just think everything about this should play to his strengths. And I'd expect him. I'd expect an improved run from the Eclipse. It's interesting that you think that York will play to, play to his strength. How I think York won't play to his strength as much as Sander. But watch him at Newmarket. Watch him out when he's allowed to properly stride out and gallop. 
York's definitely more of a galloping track than than Sandown. I I thought he might have been able to be done by a quickener at Sandown. There were no real quickeners in the field. To see, I think I think Percy's no issue with him. I think it's sustaining it. Maybe maybe I've, maybe that run at Newmarket in the coronation is sort of I've completely forgotten about completely forgotten about it because if you do remember it, he, he shows that he can maintain that speed throughout. However, at Sandown, I thought he showed more speed, um, maybe because he stepped down in trip. Um, but I don't think he'll be able to sustain it as much at York due to the pure fact that it's a flat. I thought at Newmarket, you can sort of get a bit of a... When you get rolling down that hill, you can, and you can sort of no stopping you getting up that hill if, you, if you've got it right. Um, whereas at York, I don't think he'll be able to steal as much as what he can. That's fair. That's fair. I, I can see why you'd say that. Although, again, I'd almost counteract that by saying that at, at what at what stage? Then, if 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 Gayaf can can do what he does over over four over sorry twelve furlongs at Newmarket with a more of a stiff uphill finish and still be finishing the race off quite well at, at having gone hard early doors. At what point does he stop then at York? Uh, I don't think he'll stop necessarily. I think that there'll be quickeners or, or horses that could quicken past him more easily. I don't think he'll stop. I think he'll carry on galloping. However, it's I feel like Kamiko probably just has a more of a turn of speed towards late on, especially getting that seven pounds. That's that's all fair because to be fair. <laughs> I do think that he hasn't faced anything as quick as his free market rivals in here, in mm-hmm. either of his two British Coupons. Obviously, Anthony Van Dyke isn't a ten, fur, isn't, you know, isn't a ten furlong yeah. horse, yeah. and Enable and Japan aren't really. And he's up against two that definitely are, and Kamiko probably is. So I can see, I can see why that might be a worry. I'd be happy enough to have Gareth as the likeliest winner, but I'd go for Lord North. As the one to take him on with if I was gonna. Yep, and, and I can't. Not Lord North, not for me. Oh, I hope he runs well. I hope he runs well. I'll laugh if he runs well. And another little fact from remember this horse's damn corner, uh, Truck Realtor, who was a decent listed winner for Mick Shannon back in the day when I was first getting into racing. Uh, that's the dam of Rose of Kildare. I didn't know that. No, I just love seeing stuff like that. Love seeing stuff like that. Uh, as we move on to the Thursday at York, and they start with the Lauber Stakes, uh, 145, six furlong fillies, uh, group two. Uh, we don't actually have final decks that obviously we recorded this Monday evening. Uh, we don't have decks for Thursday. Do you have prices, old Jim? Uh, I can do. Uh we have Sacred heads the market at nine to four. Santosha is fives with Halla Halla Halla. Uh, Miss Amulet, uh, Sussex Garden, Happy Romance are all available at sevens. Dickie Doodah eights, Norban twelves, and uh, with Satahi sorry, and on my way twenty to one bar the rest of them. Right then, Jim, we'll start with the favourite Sacred. Uh... Obviously, went ran really well 
at Royal Ascot last time out, second uh, to Campanelli, the Wesley Ward horse, in the Queen Mary. Repeater, that should see her go close. Should see her go close. Should see a win. She she wins this. Another one at a cracking price at nine to four that I think will take all of the beating. Uh, Campanelli last time out uh, just had the slight bit more speed. Although Sacred had won on debut at Newmarket over five on fast ground, uh, a breeding is more for a mile, mile and two, uh, being related to Lady Eli, who's been a multi-grade one winner in uh, in America and related to Busy Caroline as well, mile and one uh, winner. She travelled the best uh, in in the Queen Mary, uh, just didn't quite have that bit of speed towards the end to kick on. Uh, stepping stepping her up a furlong will be no issue. I think it, she'll get a mile in time. Uh, and I think we know that William Haggis always has a great time at York, as I've mentioned previously. I think she will take a lot of beating here. I think nine to four is a cracking price. The, the fielding behind is decent enough form. However, I don't think these horses are anywhere near sacred. And the fact that there's still nine to four around, uh, let's find nine to four available with bet three six five. Go and scoop that up quickly because I don't think that'll be there very longer. I'm going to take you on. There you go. Go on then. Santosha. Yes. The the Princess Margaret was a very, very deep race for the level. The third in the Queen Mary, Caroline Dale, was third in that Halla 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 is a useful yardstick in these Phillies races. Fifth in the Duke of Cambridge in which Santosha was third. And I think that Duke of Cambridge was the best uh, Phillies race we've seen so far in Britain this season. Ooh. Ooh. I could I could be eating my words because obviously we've not seen Sacred or Campanelli since the Queen Mary. Yeah. But Dan Dallas a Royal Ascot winner and then she backed up again and we know how good Fev Rovers turned out to be. Mm. You know, Santosh has come within half a length of winning that, of winning that and has then gone in again uh, in a group three and, you know, at Ascot timescale you know, who finished behind that day was an easy list to win at the time before. It all It's all stacking up, mate. Seattle Rock, even the sixth in that race, uh, wasn't miles away from winning the Sweet Solera last time out. The form the form stacks up, and people don't want to believe Santos. She went off 50-1 to one for that, you know, because she's not from a particularly sexy yard of uh, uh, David Lochnane and Thomas Greatrix normally rides her. Uh, but I I think that level's a little bit better than what Sacred's achieved so far. And at double the price, I'm happy to go for the lock name filler. Oh, I, I like it. I, I, I do respect, as you've said, that the Duchess of Cambridge is the best best race so far this season for the Phillies. However, the, 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 the form lines, the more and more you look at the form lines, the more and uh, the better and better it looks. Like yeah. even looking at Fevrova, right? She's got to be in ahead of Fevrova, who's since gone out and won a, won a listed race. Who's behind Fevrova in that listed race? Star of Emirati, who's a Group 3 winner now. Yeah. Um, you do mention that. Um, however, I think it's purely down to pedigree that I prefer Sacred. I think knowing that she's still being able to perform over five furlongs at such a high level, even though you know that that's nothing up her street, really fascinates me. 
because I'm a hundred percent sure as much as she's out of exceed and excel and she's she's more of a sprinting type we've seen early on. I do think that over time a mile mile is perfect for her, uh, and I think she'll easily perform over six furlongs here. Um, as as much as I do respect Santosha, I th- I don't want to say it, but I think maybe she had a day last time out. Um, she will have been tuned up for that race more than anything. Um, almost as if that was her uh, her louder, in, in my opinion. Uh, and I think Sacred is the one with arguably more potential. And certainly, I think there's a there's a lot more things to come from from her. Um, this you'd be stupid to underestimate other horses in this, like Miss Amulet, who I was impressed with last time out uh, when winning at Nace, beating Frenetic, who we've seen since come out uh, and win at the Curro over five. She, she's full of speed, as I mentioned previously in this podcast before, but. She travelled like a dream, and, and it looked like she was never going to get a gap last time out in that listed race. However, when she did, she soon picked up and won a shade causely. Uh, I know she looks slightly exposed as she's had five runs in comparison to Sacred's two. However, she seems to be improving with her racing, and if, she's, if she shows anything like she did last time, I, th- I think she'll be closer uh, than what her price is, is currently showing. She's around... So there's a, as big as tens with some bookmakers on here, which I think's insulting. Uh, I'd probably have have her at about five to one. Um, so she'd be solid each way value. Um, Halla Halla Halla, I think will be beaten. We've seen be beaten by Santosha. I think she'll be beaten by Sacred again. Um, well, not again, but will be beaten by Sacred this time. Uh, and the other one at the price that. Uh, that I do think this may be coming a bit too soon, but if Um Coulson of Richard Fahey's, I was impressed with what she did at first last time, beating a nice horse of Kevin Rhines, who's bumped into, you better believe it, last time in digital. Um, didn't look like he had, knew anything what he was doing early on. Uh, he hung late on. And still flew home over five furlongs. Uh, she still flew home, sorry, over five furlongs. Uh, stepping up to six, is, it will be up her street. And she's also entered in the uh, the roses on on Saturday. But I think she she's certainly worthy of a chance in this, just to sort of know whereabouts she are. She is around twenty to one. I, I think she's she's interesting and one for the notebook. But I I think Sacred wins this easily and uh, and spanks the field. It's a very fair shout, Jim. Obviously, that Rose of Stakes is worth keeping an eye on because quite a few of them are, are double-entered, including a happy romance, a super sprint winner who was fifth behind Sacred in the Queen Mary. You can get 10 to 1 about her for this. In fact, Sacred beat her on debut as well at Newmarket. Uh, Jesse Harrington's bringing Sussex Garden over for this as well, runner-up in a group three at the Curra. Uh I think it was last time out. Uh, I'm just going to pretend, and I know they're not, that she's Sussex Road's half sister. Nace, sorry, Nace. It was uh, while her big brother plods his way round Fakenham or wherever up the Sussex Road. Uh, moving away from that, Jim, the Yorkshire Oaks. I mean, 
the love train rolls on, Jim. There's not too much else to say. No. Um, we just want to see a blitz up, don't we? Um, we've seen what she's done in the 1,000 guineas. We've seen what she's done in the Oaks. She is going to win the arc. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculed. And, and I know I'd quite like an able to win, but it's going to be a hell of a task uh, giving love weight in, in that race. But um, I think it's one-way traffic in this. Um, love. Oh, she'll get a nice tempo to earn that from Manuela de Vega. We've seen what she's done at Haydock the last couple of times. Um, interesting Alpinistas being backed up so so soon in this. Uh, she made all, so she'll be contesting the lead with Manuela de Vega as well. She won that listed race at Salisbury the other week. Um, it'd be interesting if Franconia turns up. They've progressed her slowly and not chucked her in at the deep end too much. She's uh, won two listed races this season and now stepping up to a group one. Um, see how good she is and frankly Darling's entered who's trying to come back on a combat mission uh, after being slaughtered in the uh, Epsom Oaks so I think tactically the race I think Love is faultless there isn't a way against her own sex that she can get beat I think she can lead she can go from behind she can sit midfield I think no matter what, she's just going to win. She's a very, very short price, and let's just enjoy a romper. I can't add loads more, mate. I mean, she's 9-4 to four on best price. I mean, practically says it all. It's just a very, very fair, uh, fair way to describe what should be her superiority over this field. Look, you can... It's not It's not as if the ones in behind are all absolute whiffers as well. You know, one voice runner-up in the Nassau last time out. You've got the second and third from the Oaks in there. Manuela de Vega's been brilliant this season, hacked up in the Lancashire Oaks. But realistically, like I said, I think they're taking on the Ark winner. Yeah, I and agree. They're, gonna have, they're just going to have such a job on. Uh, Manuela will follow her home, in my opinion, though. Do you, is he your idea of the second for the forecast? If I was to do a forecast, yeah, it'd be love to beat Manuela de Vega. Um, I think I think one voice is interesting to to probably be running on late. I, I mean, it's a fairly it's, it's not too quick a turnaround, but chasing on fancy blue, I thought was a good performance. Um, I think there's a fair bit of weight difference between them. There's eight pounds giving. One voice getting eight pounds from Manuela de Vega. Um, all of that if Rob Ormby sets the fractions correctly up front, which I'm sure he probably will. Um, whether whether he will, but forecast for me, I'd probably play Love and One Voice. Fair enough, there, mate. Interesting that Franconia's as short as she is as well, because on paper she's achieved nothing like the likes of Frankly Darling or Manuela de Vega, but he's he's a shorter price than the pair of them. Uh, I think Manuel de Vega at a best price 10 to 1 is quite a decent each way bet. I know you're only going to get the 7 because Magical won't run. But they're the worst 10 to 1 each way shots, I reckon, for her to be the second best. But this 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 is a watch and enjoy. And the love train rolls on. Yeah, it does. Um, just a slight pet peeve. And <laughs> the galtress that's after it for Phillies and Mares. Why do they have a Phillies and Mares listed race over the same distance? On the same card as a Group 1. Why don't they just 
merge the field together and put another racy. Because you can't, I mean, it'd be brilliant, but we can't have a 25 runner group one. Why not? We need more, need big field group ones, because the bigger the field, the bigger the certainty. Oh, watch, watch the heads go when law, when love's drawn 24 of 25. She'd still win. She probably would. She probably would, to be fair, mate. It she doesn't matter. Up. Put brick walls in front of her and she'll, she'd jump them. Of course, I'll never run a horse at York again, mate. That'd be <laughs> what would happen. I think that's. I think he's a bit of a stupid race, if I'm being honest. But I like yeah. the Goldtrus. Just my opinion on that. I don't like the Grey Horse race, which I didn't mention. <laughs> that had two bays declared for it. Yeah, don't <laughs> like it. Ha- get gimmicks out of racing. No fun for anyone. Uh, we move on to the Friday, though, Jim. And that that kicks off with the Lonsdale Cup, uh, 2.15. Over two miles, Embihar, 9-4 favourite, ahead of 11-4, Nayef Road. Fours, Dashing Willoughby, Sixers, Eagles by day. Tens with hold, uh, 14's the true self, 16's get shirter, and then 20 to one bar them. Uh, Jim, this is the Europa League final. <laughs> That's a fair way to put it. Um is interesting. Over two miles, do you not think? Uh, we've only seen a run over a mile and seven uh, previously in the Park Hill, which she stayed on strongly to win. Uh, last time she schooled round Goodwood in the Lily Langtree in a disappointing renewal, but she, she did what she needed to do. She quite clearly needed the run on debut. Um, I've always been of the opinion, I think I said fairly early on, that I would quite like to have seen her go for a Ascot Gold Cup or something along them lines. But it's interesting they've, they've taken this route now, Stradivarius is out. John Gosden still wants to win the race. Uh, and she's certainly got a good chance getting uh, £3 worth of weight from everything else as, as she's a mare. So I think this will be used as a stepping stone to the, to the Irish St. Ledger. Does she win? I'm I'm going to finally. It, could it be the crowning day for Nayef Road? Yes. Uh, um, and I hope it. I really hope he is. If any horse deserves to win a Group Two, it's him. Um, and I've took some stick for praise for praising his running the Dante. However, he's finally pulling through. Um, he deserves to be winning a race like this. Uh, it is a, it's a, like you've said, it's the Europa League, but he is a Europa League horse. Um, it, made, it made me laugh when he said he deserves to win a Group 2, because that's exactly the right thing. If Nath Road wins a Group 1, we'll all be fuming. But yeah. I, I, I hope he allowed that, but he does deserve to win a Group 2. Yeah, he does deserve to win summer. Um, he's run, he's run well behind Stradivarius four times. For a brief minute, having backed him at Goodwood, I thought he'd won the race. Um, Two miles is no problem. Uh, and he's he's not necessarily run well at York before. <laughs> uh, finishing fifth of fifth, uh, fifth of five in the Great Voltage of last year and sixth of eight in the Dante. However, this season he seems to be a rejuvenated horse over further distances. And I think eleven to two is a nice price about him. I think that's fair enough. Dashing Willoughby is a horse that's. He's hit some form this season, winning at uh, the Buckhound and the Henry II. Um, 
both of them races aren't as good as this. However, he he's been in form this season for these two with his two wins. Uh, he's more than likely going to get third. Uh, other than that, I was impressed with Eagles by day at York previous to finishing fourth at Stradivar- behind Stradivarius, which was a good run as well. Um, which I, I, he ran better than I was expecting. I thought the the Ebor could have been a thing for him, but having won at York and then run so well at Goodwood, the handicap mark has risen since York off 105 to 111, so that's sort of ruined his chances. Uh, however, he warrants his place in this, but I don't think he'll be good enough for the top three at the market. And who dares wins his running, which is always nice to see. We all love a bit of who dares wins. Uh, however, I think Nayef Road deserves to win a group too. 11 to 4 is at a fair enough price. Let's go, son, and go and have your day in the sun. I couldn't say it better myself, mate. Uh, 11 to 4, I think he's a very fair price for Nayef Road. Because behind Stradivarius, he's been the best player in Britain this season. Yes. The cigar all stacks up. And he's beat everything bar the champion in the Gold Cup and the Goodwood Cup. And in fact, I'm absolutely staggered he's not fav. And I'm, I'm saying this as a huge NBR fan, because who isn't a huge NBR fan? We'd no. all love to own NBR, wouldn't we? Oh, I wouldn't like to take her on in a fight, mate. <laughs> I reckon she'd have you. No. If, the, if, if that Newcastle fan tried to punch NBR, mate, uh, his life would be very, very different today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, this is... I can see exactly why why they're going to two miles with her. She did win the Park Hill, which is over 1-7. It shouldn't be any sort of trouble for her. And this is really her first run over this sort of trip against the Colts, really. Because she came back in the Princess of Wales, which, and she was... I know some people said she was a bit disappointing, but she wants more than 12 furlongs, doesn't she? Yeah. She wants more than 12 furlongs, and it was fine. And then she only had to prove she still had four legs when she won the Lily Langtree. Uh, but I, ju- I just don't quite think anything she's done this season matches what Nayef Rhodes done. And I know she gets three pounds, but it's not loads. No. It's not loads. And I'd be happy enough to take that. Like you said, Dashing Willoughby has proven himself to be a pretty useful stayer. He's, he's, he's taken a very, very similar career trajectory to Nayef Rhodes. Maybe slightly under the radar, actually, because he's not been running in in the big ones. Uh, like you said, the Henry II wasn't the greatest renewal of a Group 3 you would ever see. But he did beat Nayef Road at Ascot last season in the Queen's Vars. So so there's that there, and you could give him a chance at 4-1. to one. Same with Eagles by day, like you said. Ran fine at Goodwood. Absolutely fine. And his, his win before that in the, in the Silver Cup... Uh, Looked like again the reinvention as a stayer was gonna was going to be what was going to be the makings of him. Probably needs a little bit more though, a little bit more. With hold back to was back to form last time out as well in winning a, a listed race at Newmarket, the further flight, which normally at Nottingham isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I've been a little bit disappointed with withhold this season prior to that though, and it was a quite a bad listed race. So I'd be happy to look away from him. Uh, he, he was made to work hard as well in that listing race. It was a tough, tough race. Um, the ground had gone really, really soft. And uh, it was proper tough conditions later on. Yeah, 
I like this race. It, it's an intriguing. It's an intriguing event because you're getting. I mean, how many? How you can make cases for the top four in the market. They've all been running well this season, and the only two that I've actually met have been Eagles by Day and Nath Road. Yeah. So nice, interesting form lines being brought together, but hopefully our mate Nath Road can finally get his day in the sun and prove himself to be the severe of the staying division. <laughs> uh, nice little one for any United fans who are listening as well. Ha ha. Uh, as we move on to the 245, the gym crack and Supremacy 94 favourite already jocked up with Adam Kirby on board. 7-2 for Tactical, 6-1 Minzal, 8 Mohawk King and Yazaman, 10's Lauded, Mystery Smiles and Rhythm Master. Then you can have 12-1 to 1 bar them which include, you better believe it, the horse Jim really likes, and Cairn Gorm, uh, who's won three on the bounce. For Mick Shannon, good race this, mate. Uh, start with Supremacy time form, I think, have him still as the best two-year-old we've seen this season. Uh, and he bolted up in the Richmond last time. Yeah, quite quite clearly. He, he, I think he is the best horse in this race. Um, tactical's more than likely going to go to the Papan at the weekend, if I've got that right. Is that on the Sunday? It will be, yeah. Um, so I'm not expecting him to turn up here. Although it would be interesting if he was to take on um, take on Supremacy in there. Having won at Goodwood, I mean, he was quickly away. And you would have thought, I sort of thought that he got that lead fairly easy, stayed on the rail and was unchallenged for most of it. However, that that last furlong where he just stretched on, I thought, wow, that was impressive. Uh, certainly worth marking up, having beaten Yazaman, who had the form with Tactical finishing second multiple times behind him, who's also entered in this. Uh, he finished second to uh, Ascot behind Tactical and uh, at Newmarket in the July sticks. So the form of that race is fairly good enough for me. Um, maybe the horses that were a bit further in behind weren't as impressive, but I thought that at the time, was one of the best two-year-old races for Colts this season. I, I thought that that was the best performance I'd seen by him, and, and I have to stand by that. And I think 9-4 Supremacy is a fair enough price about him. Um, whether You don't know whether uh, Mohawk King and Minzal are going to progress even more, but we know that Supremacy sets the standard here. Uh, Mohawk King won well last time. Uh, Ascot beating Churchill Bay and May uh, and uh, Mayas and Minzal as as I've mentioned already. Uh Minzal's since come and won at Salisbury, impressively beating not a lot, but he he never left the bridle. He was sat cruising most of the way around and that was very, very impressive. Um just the way Mohawk King won the race um was was what impressed me more than anything. Um, sort of, he was towards the back of the field chasing what looked to be a fair enough tempo. Uh, just got the gaps just in the right time. He was ridden more for education rather than anything, and he still won. Um, never really gone for at all. Full, full horse, full throttle. Sorry, which is not what you see most times when the first run out. But only giving a few cracks behind the saddle just to sort of learn to know his job a bit. Uh, and he knuckled down well and, and got his head in front of what looks like a fair, fair enough nice race. I think that it's a bit of an insult that um, that he's 
eight to one and Minzal six to one, even though he's beat Minzal already. Um, we know that Richard Hammond's got a decent crop of two euros this season, and he'd probably be the each way play in this. Um, and I do also another horse that I do like at a bigger price and will be underestimated because of his owners and his his trainers. His seven brothers. And I know the form might not be as strong as others towards the head of the marquee, but I do think he might exceed himself on, on, and maybe outrun his odds, even though he's only rated 86, which they probably could win a few races off. He's been really workmanlike in his performances uh, so far this season. He he got got passed by Bankroll last time out, and he just found a slight bit more in as soon as he eyeballed the, what, the eventual second, it, he kicked on again and was very, very game. He's a horse that I quite like, and there'll be, certainly be races at maybe lower level, or maybe he, he might outrun his odds here. He's, he's a horse I also like. Uh, but for me, I think Supremacy at 94 is a cracking price, knowing that Tactical's more than likely not going to turn up. Um, you've got to respect the the horses in Mohawk King and and... Devil Waller, who who haven't had as many runs and only had the one run. However, I think he is the standard setter, and I've been the most impressed by that two-year-old win so far this season out of any of others. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Seven Brothers, because if you were just backing blindly on trainers, you'd want to be with the Kevin Ryan horse. Yeah, definitely. Uh, most successful trainer in this race since the turn of the century, four wins, including three in the past eight years with Blaine, Astaire and Emiratiana. Uh, he's the best price, 16 to 1, Seven Brothers. Uh, you're right, though, Supremacy was destructive when he won the Richmond Stakes. Four lengths was, was the margin. It was easier than even that suggests from beating Yazaman, who was a very, very decent yardstick. You know, she's finished second in, in what, three group enlisted races since winning his maiden. Uh, the form stacks up. Minza, like you said, couldn't have been any more impressive at Salisbury. Uh, strolling to victory. Beaten by Mohawk Prince, though, on his debut. And comfortably beaten as well. They reappose here. We've not seen Mohawk Prince since that. Look, you can make you can make cases for them both. I see why Minza is shorter, because the most impressive run from either of the pair was by Minzal even though Mohawk King beat him on debut. Uh, so whilst I understand whilst why there could be an argument for Mohawk King being overpriced in comparison to Minzal, I see why the prices are the way they are. Uh, Yazaman's a fairly good yardstick at this level. Like I said, I wouldn't put anyone off backing him each way at 8-1. You know, he's already pretty good. We know Supremacy is probably better than him. Are two more going to be better than him? You can debate that. And if you want to take two to one about that, well, or shorter than two to one about that for him to finish in the three, I wouldn't put you off. Lauded was going backwards at the finish uh, in the Richmond Stakes. Probably paid the price actually for trying to uh, make an effort at Supremacy before Yazaman stayed on from the rear. Uh, but I wouldn't quite like to be with him. Uh and like you say, the rest are all, you know, horses who <laughs> who have been running well at lower levels. Mystery Smiles is two out of two. River Masters, one from one. Cairn Gorm, three out of three, including a Doville Group three last time out. You better believe it, a listed winner. 
Devil Waller, winner on debut. And like you said, their seven brothers is two out of two, even the 33 to one outsider of Joseph Parr's Roman Dynasty, a debut winner at Wolverhampton. If they all turn up, well, not if they are, even if they all turn up without tactical, it's as strong a two year old race as we've seen in Britain anyway. You know, but I'm going to side with Supremacy. I'm happy to side with Supremacy. And I, I see the cases for both Mohawk and Yazaman each way, and I'd have them with Shade Charter and Eights both. Yeah, I agree. Um, Supremacy is cracking price. I respect the other runners. However, I think that performance last time was breathtaking, and I hope he reproduces it. You you are a big fan of You Better Believe It for Nigel Tinkler, though. Uh, what do you make of him being here just in general? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a sort of horse who wants six. Um, I think he will. Um, I think when, I, when he won at Doncaster, I thought maybe six furlongs might be more up his street the way he stretched away from the field. However, last time when he won at Sandown in the National, I thought that five were his bag. But then after the race, reading everything about it and everything, and also Murphy's comments, um, he was saying that he, he thinks that the horse didn't take his racing as quickly as, as he maybe expected. He had three quick runs that had maybe taken more out of him as possible. They've given him a nice rest from July to now the middle of August. They've given him a good month off. Um, maybe he might progress. I, I am of the opinion that six furlongs next season maybe where to stand and probably a Commonwealth Cup dart would be would be up his street. Um, but he is interesting no matter what, over five and six because I do think he's got a lot of speed about him and I do think that six furlongs wouldn't stretch him too much either. Fair enough, mate. Moving on to the three fifteen, the non-fop stakes. Uh, well, buckle up. I think we might see something special here. Batash, best prize six to four on favourite. Jim, that's 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 tasty. That's tasty. William Hill still going six to four on. Uh, he won't go off that. He'll go off what three to one on maybe. Surprise, you can still get that five to one art power, eight to one golden pal, eleven to one art alley. And then 33 to 1, bar them uh, usual suspects, Emirati, Anna Moskil, or Nate Kayamaro. And then 40s, Rocky Action, 50s, Curious. Uh, I mean, in how, how, how long can we string out a discussion of Bathash should win? I mean, <laughs> Bathash will win. And Bathash is a price. I was going to say, Batash might win. Uh, no, Batash will win. Uh, although it is a deeper renewal this year than last year. Um, no, it's not. I'm quite upset. It is. It is. I'm quite upset that Golden Pal's not running now. Um, I was interested in seeing a two-year-old, because there was mention as well that you better believe it might be going here, but I'm glad that they've decided to avoid that. But I thought Golden Pal was certainly interesting. Um, but he's not been officially withdrawn. But I read somewhere today... Um, uh, who was it that, that said, was it the IRB director, Adrian Beaumont, said, Golden Pal is not coming. We received an email from Wesley last night. Um, so he's not being officially withdrawn. But um, this year's renewal, is, I think maybe it's because he's got probably a challenger that's shown potential more than any others at, at the 5 furlong division in art power. Um 
he has been impressive out of power in his small amount of runs that he's that he's had. However, he's still got to go up against a horse that's probably still at the peak of his power. Uh, we've seen how good he has been throughout this season uh, at Ascot in the King's Stand and in the King George Qatar Sticks. He, he made new track records last time out, just summed everything up. Um, what are your thoughts, Lewis, on Batash on soft ground? Uh, because well, if you look well, next week, effective here. If, if you look next week, oh well, this week it is to, towards the end. It's there's going to be a lot of rain in Yorkshire, and that's my only slight worry about this. I think that, that's why he's the price he is. He should be a lot shorter, uh, and four to six is not all, not my bag for anything like this. Uh, However, the rain does worry me. I know we won't go to soft in the King's Stand, but that wasn't as soft as, as maybe it was. Um, we've seen at Longchamp he's run badly on soft ground a couple of times. Um, he has won the Abbey uh, on, on good to soft ground in his previous life, but the older he's getting, maybe the better ground he wants. Um, but that's my only negative. He should be winning this. He is the best horse in the race. Um, but there is some nice horses that are in behind that won't give him a scare, but it'll be interesting to see them battle battle out second and third. Yeah, I look. I'm not even sure whether the things we used to not batash for you can even knock him for anymore. Because barring the Abbey, which generally as as a race tends to be bottom tier in terms of how much you can read into what happens in it. Because it's normally such a strange event. Prior to that, he's been absolutely top class. Won the Temple. Got beat by Blue Point over a stiff five. No harm in that. Won the won the King George. Won this. Then the blip in the Abbey. Then he's gone back in. He got his King Stand. And then he won the King George again. He's broke the Goodwood course record and the York course record in that time period. And I'm not having that this is a better renewal. Soldiers call. Mads cross so perfect. Are all, it would have made this race deeper. Uh, Art Power could be very good, and he's looked like he's looked like he could be very good. Again, though, he just needs to he needs to show take things to another level because what we have is the best sprinter we've seen in this country for a decade. He's a generational talent, Batash. And as good as that power is, and as good as he probably would be to win a more usual renewal of the Nunthorpe, God, he's going to have a job on. Golden Pal, like he said, nice to see a two-year-old come over. Even more fun to see a Wesley Ward two-year-old come over. But he's uh, not coming over, is he? No, and it's... Well, he's jocked up. Yeah, but I've just said, they've said he's not coming. I know, but we got to talk about him as if he's here, because he is jocked up. Uh, but like he said... He wouldn't be for me even if he does run. <laughs> so I'll gloss over that. There's, uh, one, there's one man that holds the key to this race. One man. And it's Colin Keane. Now he's ridden Art Power and Alali last time out. And he'll know which one's better than which. So if anyone can get in contact with Colin Keane to try and find out which horse was better for my each way stake, <laughs> please, please can you try and contact him? <laughs> 
You'd, you'd back Carly to finish second, I think I would. I think 11 to 1's a fair enough price. It's a ridiculously uh, good price, considering his five furlong form. Only taking his five furlong form gives him a right chance. William Hill are the only people with him at 11s. 7s with everyone else. So, I think, there you go. I think 11 to 1's a fair enough each way price. Um, I William Hill fell asleep on the market for this. Because the, everyone else is almost double. One to, one to two. Yeah. I mean, you can even you can he's, he's even bigger than one to two in some places, and f- four points disparity on Harley, punish them, punish them for their sloppiness. Uh, Moss Gill's fourteens with Coral, and he's thirty threes with William Hill. <laughs> they're giving it away. Although, although Coral are the shortest with Curious. <laughs> it's well odd. Uh. The one, two, three should be Batash, Ali, Art Power. And that's not particularly clever or, in, or intelligent analysis. But they're, because really they're the only three out and out group horses in the race. And they should be miles clear. Don't rule out Ornate. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost head of the Ornate fan club, Jim. I know. But if, if, you're, if, you were almost brushing him aside, then don't you dare brush your best mate aside. If Ornate's... The race that suits Ornate more is the one at Goodwood. Goodwood, yeah. practically four furlongs. The, bet, the better bet... I'm, I, I did see last week, and I'm not sure whether it's still there, but Skybet had a request a bit on Batash to, to break the course record. Uh, it might have been about fives. If it, if it doesn't rain... These dafter things, that's more fun than uh, backing something at a big price if you want something a little bit interesting to go against a favourite. Uh, look, he'll win. He will. Um, one, two, three. I'm going to go Batash, Alali, Art Power. But exactly the same. Trifecta. There you go. There's your, there's your, there's your bet for this race. Ali should be shorter than I'd say even seven to one's fairly generous considering barring the Breeders' Cup, his last three runs over five furlongs. Well in fact his last his last five runs over five furlongs have all yielded wins, including a Papan, a Flying Childers, and uh, a Sapphire Stakes. He's overpriced, but he won't beat Batash. Uh anything in any handicaps at all, Jim? We've gone through all the group races. Um, I made a note of this. There is Thursday in the Phillies handicap. Um, let me just get that race up. Thursday in the Phillies handicap. The last race. Uh, is it called Lowerheed? Is she called Lowerheed? Uh, yeah, Lowerheed for William Haggis. Uh, one last time out at Haydock, Maidol. Short price, one by four and a half length, uh, one off 83. Um, I think 17th of July uh, will have been put off for that, but I still think there's room room in the handicap for her. Um, what else? That's that's running uh, top rank. Top rank's running on the. Th- I did make a note of all this and I had all my pages ready, but they seem to have disappeared. In the Clipper Logistics top rank, 
Uh, yeah, James Tate's four out of four so far. Won at first last time, impressively. Beating a nice enough field. Um, won with plenty in hand and also entered in, in the group three on Saturday, I think, as well. Uh, he's jocked up in this handicap. He's looking to continue his unbeaten record again in what looks like a deep deep enough race, but he, he's the most unexposed in the race. Um, and my, one of my favourite races of the York Festival is the Skybet and Symphony Group handicap. We Now we've finally got the declarations. I think you, you always get the same sort of horses. You just another bottle of Moment of Madness. Um, mm-hmm. Copper Knights in here again. They'll all be towards the front. Um, however, I think Jonah Jones is still interesting off a mark, even though he was disappointing the other week. Um, I think he could he could go close in that. El Astronauta was entered in that, and I'm quite upset to see him because he does, I think he won this race twice, if, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, Jonah Jones, I've just found him. He was he he ran poorly at York the other week. Um, however, he's, he still had very little running. And I think there's still a bit of juice in his mark off off 89, even though he has been beaten off off 90 previously. Um, Atzini's on board. Him, uh, he's the other one for me. Very fair, mate. Uh, I'd also mentioned the Devious Company should win the sales race five to two. I think he's a he's a very very decent price for him. Uh, to win that event, it's always got a huge field, but look, he's he he merit a place towards the top of the market in either of the group races this week. In fact, he'd probably be favourite for the Acom if he, he was given that he was beaten by Master of the Seas and Battleground. Uh, so that's a very fair prize for him to win that. And maybe do you not think that's one sec, Do you not think that's mental that the yearling race is for 180 grand and the Acom's for 40? It's the sales race, though, isn't it? So I know, but still, still, that's mental. It is, and he might, he might end up being just as good as Mum's Tipple, mate. So we never know. Please, please don't be that horrible to Mum's Tipple. I had great joy cheering him on last season as he blitzed past me. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not loads else from me. There's that uh, handicap, the mile handicap, the Clipper Logistics race. Looks like he's going to be a right field assembled for that. Uh, don't we don't quite have the draw or well I think there's only about ten of them jocked up as per now out of the thirty five entered so we didn't think there was much point point de- uh, going into detail on a race where we didn't know what the final shape of it would look like. Uh, not much else from me over the first two days. Uh, the convivial maidens always worth watching as well. That's normally produces a good one. Uh, one ruler. Might be the one for that as well. Uh, Charlie Appleby's Colt James Doyle's jocked up on there. Got beaten by Etonian on debut, but I think I think the form from that race might end up being quite decent. Finished ahead of John Gosden's Third Kingdom. Uh, I hope he'd go all right. Although Naval Crown, who finished ahead of St. Lawrence, who we saw win at the weekend, he's also in there. Uh, he was third in the Pat Edry Stakes, where St. Lawrence was fourth. And Maximal, of course, uh, who finished a close second to uh, Guru on his debut. That's a right race. There's a horse called Dingle as well. Do you don't want to name your horse after someone from Burnley? Uh, RM, yeah. 
horrible, horrible name for a horse. Uh, that's it though from me, I think. Time to do our naps competition. It is. I'm going to nap uh, Devious Company. I, I think at the price is a cracking bet. Uh, I'm not going to be a massive bottle job and put Batash up. Uh, I will name this best in AF Road. Yeah. And let's reserve Santosha. Right. Take on Sacred. Right. My my nappy supremacy, my next best is Morgul, and my reserve is Sacred. I like that, mate. We'll take each other on directly there. I'm looking forward to the Lava. I'm looking forward to the whole week. It's going to be class. Uh, good, we can't be there. I know it's... And... I know it's how the world works nowadays, but when racing started coming back, it was just kind of in the back of my mind, fingers crossed, that they might get to be there for the e meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the next best thing, though, and uh, we hope you all enjoy it as much as we will. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Turf Talk. Thanks to rating the racers as well for their support, and uh, we'll be recording again later in the week uh, for the weekend preview. Thanks for listening. See you later.